Welcome to Fails, Falls, and Fuck-Ups. Today, I'm joined by a small fish trying to make a big splash in a very, very tiny pond, and maybe, hopefully, he'll get a little bit more water as time goes on. It is a filmmaker, a writer, director, producer, caterer, probably also cleans out the bathrooms when the <laughs> set's done. It is Wesley Johnson. Hey, Wesley, how you doing? How's it going, Bruce? Pleasure to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. We'll change that. Okay, so. <laughs> All right. So you're a filmmaker in Minnesota. How the hell did that happen? Oh, man, uh, that's a that's a that's a really good question. Um, you know, I uh, I found that little niche that that accepted me for uh, for for who I am with all my my quirks and qualms. And, you know, what would you know it? There's a there's a little film, little film industry here and uh, small but mighty. And I and I found it. Now, did you start off trying to get into film or how did you find the film industry of Minnesota? It's, uh, you know, uh, interestingly enough, I think the, the industry kind of found me. You know, I, li I like to say that I've, I've always been uh, I've always been fascinated with uh, with film. And uh, of course, we, we talked a little before we went on air, but I was telling you about my 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 parents and, you know, always uh, taking my taking their eye off of me and letting me kind of rent whatever videotape I could find on the back wall of you know, the <laughs> the sketchy dim lidded the old style video store where there was the curtain where that area you can't go and yet found your way into. Oh, right. Every every time. And the horror movie section that was filled with all of these boxes of like zombie four and the Gorgor girls and stuff like that. All the all the things that shouldn't stand out to a, we'll say 10 to 14 being generous, 10 to 14 year old kid uh, that just kind of kind of screamed my name. So I've I've always had a passion for it. Interestingly enough, my life path kind of took me in the in the pursuit of music originally. Um, so I have a background and a degree in, in music production. And there was that time in my, you know, my later teens that I thought I was going to be a rock star. And that was that's what it was all cracked up to be. And then. And what was your failed teenage music project? What was it? It's, oh, my gosh. Everything. Lay from, it out there. Everything from punk rock to, to metal, anything that would keep the neighbors up at night. You know, we'll, we'll put it that way. And when uh, when that didn't pan out, I the, the universe gave me a U-turn. No, 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 and... no, 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 no. Before we move on, we're, we are not moving on from this. All right. Because you had like just looking at you. I know I know that your band had some kind of offensive name. What was your band? Oh, man. I mean, you had Jeez. 18 bands. I know it. What was your band? What did you play? And how did you fall apart? in that horrific way that you did? Oh man, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a loaded question that spans several years. Um, I'd say surprisingly, we never had anything too, too offensive. We, we definitely had like confusing. Mo most of our names had no relevance to anything. Um, so I was, I was in a, in a punk rock band called Charlie Siren. And uh, I, I could, I could, could not tell you what that name means or who Charlie is or why he had a, had a siren. But uh, I don't know. People liked it. It uh, it grew on us. But uh, we I would say we definitely did our best to to work in the offensive lyrics. Of course, every every style of music that my my parents wished I wouldn't. You know, I grew up taking piano lessons, you know, my uh, all my younger years. So you can imagine as soon as we switched over to guitar, you know, they just they're, they're probably sitting there going, oh, shit, <laughs> it's going to this is how this is going to go. But, uh, you know, I we, we had a lot of different renditions. A lot of the bands I was in had uh, had a, a good roster of like the same people. You know, it's just kind of 
it has a way of of doing that. Some people stick, some people don't. But you know, the late late teens, early twenties. You know, there's a, once booze gets involved and and girls get involved. It's the band dies. It, it does. It 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 lives and dies on that hill. I was gonna say, did you guys blow up in a nice spectacular manner? Uh it you know it wasn't bad. It was a, I would say it was a slow it was a slow rise, but. You know, of course, at the at the time, you're thinking, well, I'm going to I'm going to live on a tour bus and I'm going to go all over the world. And, what, you know, once you realize that the reality for for most rock stars is a bunch of sweaty men in a very small van, uh, <laughs> life sometimes gives you other threads to follow. So because I remember when my band broke up, the singer was fighting with the drummer because they hated each other. And then the drummer knocked up her best friend and that created a nice. Wow cosmic explosion that ended all of us you know some of those stories could just uh, could be movies all on their own yes um you know i think i was i was on a tour we were somewhere in the in the middle of iowa i mean we, we were staying at our it was like uh, night one or two we were staying at our drummer's grandma's house <laughs> and that you can't you just can't make that up and we're sitting outside and i remember i i i slept on the floor because, you know, obviously grandma's house, she doesn't have a lot of beds. Right. I uh, slept on the floor. She had a lot of cats. I had never had allergies, uh, as far as I know, a day in my life up until that moment. And I uh, I woke up the next day. I My eyes were swollen shut. I could hardly breathe. And I, I remember sitting outside and she had a nice little swing. And I'm sitting there, you know, smoking a cigarette or whatever I'm doing at the time. And my my partner, my other other weird dual singers so you can imagine the amount of drama that 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 transpired from that but he comes out and he goes you, you feeling okay what's up man and i just said i don't think i want to do this anymore man i think uh i think i'm done <laughs> like you know i just don't want I, my heart's just not in this you know it's almost like uh, mike tyson went you know on pay-per-view at the uh, at the turn of his career just my heart's just not in it and uh, everybody was, was a it was a you know gasp not as big of a gas for me. Nobody gave a shit that I didn't want to do it anymore. But that was that's the last memory. People say, why'd you why'd you stop playing in bands and give that up? That's I, I think of cats and I think of sitting outside just thinking ah, I could be doing something a little better. Maybe there's nothing quite like having your throat nearly completely close up while your eyes are watering and trying to run their way out of your head to make you reevaluate where you are in life and why are you there? It, you know, it, uh, it, it, sometimes it takes a lot, but eventually the message gets across, you know. Considering that you were touring, this was what you were trying to do with your life at that moment, which came to a fail. You, this didn't work out for you. Where did you go from there? So I assume back home to start. I, oh yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely went home kind of tail between my legs. Just, uh, you know, that was sort of the first time where I really thought, what do I want to do? You know, I think, uh, and, th and this is, I think an issue with creative sometimes, no matter what art you're in is sometimes we get real fixated on, uh, on something that we're, we're into and it just, uh, your heart doesn't always stay that same course, but I think we get it programmed we just think, well, we, I don't know anything different. You know, I, I have to do this. I mean, it wasn't until I kind of came home and, and I guess another sort of, uh, you know, foreshadow into all that is anytime I was touring or doing any music stuff, I always had a camera. You know, I was always documenting everything, whether it was a phone or I always have cameras around me all the time. I could show you just sitting on my desk. You know, I just I'm always, I always got a camera with me and uh, and I always like to write. 
So writing is has always whether it's music or just writing stories. I've I've always kind of been a writer. And interestingly enough, it it, it was my mom. She's the unsung hero of this of all of this. <laughs> whether it's let me run rampant in the video store, or helping me find my my path in life. But it was her who just said, you know, uh, you know, why don't you do something with the with the film stuff? You're always filming. You're always putting these little things together. Why don't you take one of your stories and go out and and do something? And I just I just thought. Holy shit, why didn't, you know, why didn't I have, why didn't I think of that? You know, it's not, it's not a bad idea, mom. And, uh, <laughs> you know. It's awesome that you were supportive and sort of wanted you out of the house that badly. I've, I've always, it's, you know, I, I feel very blessed in that regard because I know that's not the story for everybody. My, my parents were a lot of things. And luckily one of those things was always very supportive of, of whatever I wanted to do. And they're, they're, they've always been proud of me, you know, whether it's, they, they're, you know, any most of those shows on those tours had maybe six people in the crowd and they were always two of them, you know, <laughs> so that's actually incredibly awesome and incredibly important, because when you're trying to do things that are artistic in nature, so much of it is negativity. So much of it yeah. is pushing a boulder uphill. And yeah, for your parents to be there behind you makes a world of difference. Right. It's uh, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, it's nice to have that. And and they have, uh, you know, it was definitely a fine balance of they're, they're definitely the, uh, um, you know, the classic, hey, we want you to go to college. We want you to have an education. You know, they were still very much those parents. But it just when it got down to the wire, I said, I, I want I got to do something creative and I like music and I want to do that. So I, I found a uh, uh, music college up in, in our city up here in Minneapolis and I presented that to them. And as far as they were concerned, well, hey, you're you're going to college technically, you know, and I, I credit even with the film, even in the film industry, there's still so much that I took away from that that carried over and uh, into the other medium. So but yeah, when you got your degree, what did you try to do with it? What could you do with it? Uh, so I think, you know, at the time, the excuse for me, which and I, and I still don't regret this, but I figured, well, I've, I never really had ambitions to be like a, a producer. You know, I did. I was sitting in a studio recording bands and this and that. My heart was never in that. But at the time, you know, again, a stupid kid, I'm like, well, if I take these courses, uh, it's an excuse for me to get into a studio and and kind of rub elbows with with people who I knew were going to be very good at it. Um, and that is kind of exactly what what happened. You know, of course, I didn't. I I couldn't. I could probably count on one hand how many of those final exams I I actually passed. But it, it put me it, it connected me with some people who that was their passion, you know, was to be an engineer and be a, you know, help kind of uh, facilitate. Um, and I got a lot of I got a lot of studio hours out of that. And uh, and I learned I definitely learned a thing or two. Um, and I would say where that's where that's most beneficial in my life is even though I quit the, the band life, I still do a lot of composing for for film and TV and stuff. So that has always stuck with me. And that probably wouldn't be the case if I hadn't uh, if I hadn't gone to school and kind of learned those things. But that's where that's the most beneficial. I think in terms of the day to day, there's a lot of business. And of course, the you know, I would say the film industry is probably a little more aggressive than the than the music industry when it comes to business and who gets to do what and who's going to give you their money to do whatever. Um, so it's nice to be able to speak that language just a little bit and uh, at least have the confidence to talk to people who who know how to talk money and talk tech. So talking money is an important skill to have. <laughs> yes, it is. So, okay. You've learned how to compose. So how did you make your way into 
making films? How did you get to onto that path from the music path? Aside from your mom putting you out of the house with the camcorder and sure. Okay, honey, you go, <laughs> you go and you make your little films. And when you come back, we'll screen them for auntie and auntie. And it'll be wonderful in the living room. It'll make, she'll make cookies. It'll be beautiful. Yeah. When that, that'd be uh, that'd be such a nice story. When that's, that's, that's the story everybody always wishes they could hear, you know, mom gave me a camera, kicked me out. And then, you know, I don't know, two weeks later, I had an award winning such and such, but it was, you know, it was, it was kind of a slow uh, it was kind of a slow transition overall, because like I said, I'd always I'd always been a writer and I had kind of started taking that a little more seriously. You know, there's something there's something to be said about every, everybody likes music. Uh, I know there's some people in the world that would say they don't like music, but I'd, I'd say they're we don't acknowledge their existence. We, right. If you don't feel music, you're not human. Doesn't compute. Doesn't compute. Every, there's there's a type of music out there for everybody. They just probably haven't found it yet. So there's there's something in my creative brain that happens when I when I'm listening to music or I'm making music. It just kind of uh, I, I just sort of see the rest of the the story. And that helps me both as a writer, because I got you know, I can pick a certain type of playlist or music to listen to 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 give me those feelings to write a story. Or if I'm composing for somebody else, you know, I can I can read the story and I understand how it makes me feel. And I, I hope that the music I create around that gives them those same feelings. Um, doesn't always happen that way, but it was kind of just a, a culmination of just doing a little bit of everything. You know, I, I think uh, to, to your point at the beginning, you know, doing the catering and doing this and, do, you know, I, I've considered myself somebody who's just good enough at, at a lot of things, not a master of anything. So I, I got little bits here and there of all these different things. I never just fell all into to one thing. So, you know, I don't know, making movies, it just, uh, I did enough music. Um, I, I decided, well, I want to, I want to kind of see what it's all about on set and started doing whatever I could to be, to be on a movie set and kind of see the process. And I think it was, it was kind of love at first sight for me. I just, I was fascinated by look at all these people and all these worker ants just working in unison, doing their part to, to pull this whole thing together. It's kind of like being in a band, except a lot more people, and uh, they all have to kind of coexist in a in a way to make this end product. There are certain things I recognized from it, and other things that I had no no idea what I was getting into, but I was just drawn to it. Well, also on a film set, there's a predetermined hierarchy of roles and how they relate to each other. Yes. So unlike a band, which can be like a four way pissing contest, or depending <laughs> straight on, up depending on the amount of members, can be up to an eight way pissing contest. At least on a film set, there's built in who's listening to who. Right. To some you kind of you're, you're given that respect of this is your role. You do this and, you know, you know who you answer to. Yes. Um. So, yeah, you're you're ex you're exactly right. You're exactly right. I think it's I wouldn't say it's without any, you know, it's it's not without any of the drama. There's definitely still a fair amount of that. But, yeah, having that hierarchy is kind of nice and. Um, it's, I don't know, it's easy to kind of latch on and, and see, you, you kind of find yourself, you know, for, it's a thing that a lot of people just, most people wouldn't know that if they've never been on a film set, you know, they go to see it, they see the movie and they don't really think uh, necessarily how that all came together. It's just, that's the product. Um, same with, with bands and music, I suppose, you know, band puts out a record and people love it or they're, they're going to shit on it, but they're not thinking about, well, what does the band want? How much time did they put into manufacturing this thing? Now, your short film is 10 to 20 minutes worth of visuals for one person. 
Yeah. But for you, it is half a year to a year to two years worth of constant struggle, heartache, yeah. mistakes, failures, just everything that didn't come together. And then the end result is not what you had in mind. Right. That's that's exactly right. And I always uh, my my wife makes fun of me a lot. I, I, I've coined a phrase I, I consider myself a, a cinemapologist. And the reason for that is I, I'm kind I kind of have a reputation for really liking what would otherwise be pretty, pretty shitty movies. You know, if something comes out, most people don't like it. I try to just have a different attitude because I've I've seen the other side. You know, I know what mm -hmm. it's like to just blood, sweat and tears and for, you know, everybody's a critic and just to have somebody rake it through the coals, it's like, well, you just, you know, you don't know what what went into that. You don't know what that vision was. Um, so I, I try to appreciate it because I hope that the, you know, the the universal karma will wash wash upon me the same way at one point. You know, I work hard and hopefully people like it or people are, are generous. It definitely won't turn out that way, but I can I can hope. Now, generally speaking, the universe doesn't really care what you're putting. Like, it doesn't <laughs> no. pay you back for like, I've supported all of my friends with their shitty movies. One day they'll support me. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Yeah, no, definitely doesn't. When you decided to make your own project happen, how did you do that? What were the steps and how did it go wrong? There, there's something there's something very sweet about the first time <laughs> because you just you're not really worried. Now, I don't want to divert you into the first time you kissed a girl or <laughs> a little more than kissed a girl. We have to stick to movies. All right, fine. You know, I, I thought you told me we were going all over the place. There's, uh, you know, there, there's something. We already went to Idaho. <laughs> we'll circle back around. We're going to it'll be a whole uh, it'll be a whole coast to coast by the time we're done here. I think there's uh, there's something about the process when you when you're when you're diving into it the first time at least for me i i wasn't really worried about failure um i i, I just as far as i was concerned i had a bunch of buddies around me and we were going to make a movie you know you just you just go in with all the confidence in the world and and you know just the the human condition right we go we automatically think there's no way we're going to crash and burn like i'm i'm different you know i'm special i know this happens to a lot of people but i'm special i can I can tell. Did you start out to make a short or a feature? The, uh, definitely a short. Yep, definitely. My my first. So uh, prior to doing my first short, I had been on a couple feature film sets, you know, as an extra or a, or a PA or whatever. So I had had a little bit of being on set experience. I had never done anything or, or taken the reins on my own. So my first was was a short film, you know. So, yeah, it was uh, sweet and innocent, a little little, you know, zombie film that. I had, you know, get your buddies to come, you, you feed them, give them some pizza and beer. They'll work all night for you. Right. The problem with working all night is eventually the sun starts to go down and you realize, I think we, we forgot to bring lights, um, which, which is a true, which is a true story, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we got to, we got down to the wire. We, we did it all in one day, which that that's the, the gold mistake right there. Mm -hmm. Anybody doing their first short film? Give yourself time. Whatever amount of time you think it'll take, give yourself three times that amount of time. Uh, but I, my buddy Noah um, at the time was, I think he was doing sound for that. We did have sound. Uh, did not forget that part. Most people do. That's an incredibly important thing to have because sound matters more than visuals. It's it's half the movie. <laughs> it's yeah. half, quite literally half the movie. Uh, but we were fighting sunlight and uh, we didn't know what to do. 
And, uh, you know, honest to God, all of, I, I see my buddy shuffling in his pocket and he goes, he kicks on the phone and just, just holds it over the, holds it over the action. Uh, a story that I will remember for the forever. And, and what's really truly ironic and funny about that moment, um, as I would say, he's probably one of the biggest, uh, gaffers in the state now. <laughs> I mean, that's, so I, I credit myself for that. Of course. I'm like, if I hadn't put you in that pinch, you, you wouldn't have found your way. Uh, which is absolutely false. But when he was holding up that light, he wasn't just holding it up for the movie set. He was holding it up into his future. He was shining a light on all the possibilities that we did not know existed. yet. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we, we laugh about that all the time. I tell, we, I tell people, uh, I tell people that story a lot while we're on set and it, most people don't believe it. They're like, that's, that's, that's bullshit. I'm like, nope, I, I, I have the footage to prove it. <laughs> I have the footage to prove that. So it's, you know, it was it was a passion thing. It was, uh, hey, let's just do this for fun. I, I write it again. I had always been a story writer. Um, I had I always had a thing for zombies, you know, George Romero, uh, you know, bless that guy. Always been one of my uh, one of my favorites. And uh, we jumped in, we tried it and learned really quickly uh, that this isn't as easy as you, you think it is. There's a lot of moving pieces. And, you know, I would say. 10 years later, maybe that's a little exaggerated, seven or eight years later, however, I'm, we're still figuring that out. You know, we uh, we got, you know, two feature films in the can, and I think we kind of know what's going on now, but we're still trying to figure it out. There's still plenty of fires that you didn't know existed that need to get put out. What would you say was the biggest challenge you faced? So you got, you shot this thing in one day, but yeah. shooting a film isn't producing a film. Shooting a film is just getting the first parts of the pieces. Yeah, I would uh, I would say the it's and that's just another part of that learning process of uh, you, you you get it shot, you have what you have, um, and now you got to kind of put it all together. Um, and I think uh, you know the at, at that time, I don't think that the the challenge was really just can we do it. I mean, we were again we were all friends, so we're all sort of learning together. I think probably the biggest challenge out of that is, well, once you have it, what, what do you do with it? You know, so we, we got it and this maybe you know, maybe it's it's pretty good. So how do how do people see it? You know, now what? <laughs> so we want to keep doing this. What what what's that next step? You know, you're always trying to figure out and learn that next step. Did you have a plan for post-production or just here's this footage? This is nice. I mean, honestly, for that one, I don't think we had much of a plan. I think we got to the point of, oh, look at that footage. This is pretty nice. And uh, but at, at the end of the, you know, the end of the day, I think I think we did. I, sh I shouldn't. Originally, we didn't have a plan. Ironically enough, that that film found its way into a handful of festivals all over the place that, you know, <laughs> every little nook and cranny, uh, you know, little mom and pop film festival that you did never, never heard of. Uh, and it. it you know, it won some accolades, but I think it's once you kind of size that up next to the competition, you know, you see some of the films you're competing with. That was probably kind of my first. Oh, shit. You know, that was that that moment where I'm like, you know, this this was fun, but it, it, it's it wasn't it wasn't good. You know, I can admit that now. I mean, I go I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, I, I cherish that film, but I, I wouldn't share it to anybody who's Anybody who is considering me for any anything remotely, <laughs> you know, next level, I, I certainly wouldn't share that. Uh, it's kind of a for us moment. No, I get it. It's the first thing you did. And if you want to get paid for something, not exactly going to be the top of the resume. 
It's uh, right. Yeah, it's not going to make its way into 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 the real, if you will. What was the first thing that would? Um, so for me, I would say, um, you know, we've obviously years have have gone by and it's and that certainly wasn't the start and end of that story. You know, I had uh, I had started networking and, and finding some other people. And, uh, you know, it seems like every time the process gets a little bigger, you know, people take it a little more seriously. But there were definitely a handful of years of we get done with a, another short film and it's like, you know, it's it's OK, but it didn't necessarily translate, at least the, the way I thought that it would have, um, which is probably what pushed me into directing a little bit further down the line. So for, for me, I, uh, you know, after uh, after working with quite a few other people for a number of years and just sort of learning and absorbing and watching, that's what brought me to this sort of stage where I, you know, and, and I'm not going to name drop, throw throw people under the bus. But, you know, you wa- you watch a bad director do the wrong thing enough times eventually somebody's got to ask well, what what's the what's the right way if we're if we don't do it that way what would be a better way so let's talk a, bit, a little bit about some of these mistakes that you're that you've seen these directors do sure without naming the director who um we will simply out later on as a <laughs> sure. contest but you're there you're observing you're seeing i'm assuming this might be your writing it doesn't really matter but you're on set you're observing a director basically shitting the bed yeah here they are fucking up their set yep and you can see the mistakes they're making what are these mistakes what are the common mistakes at this time that you were like okay these are the things i need not to do right well and i would say it's very uh, and it's it's pretty typical and cliche i think of most directors um probably especially newer directors that they just think they're they're god's gift of filmmaking you know, everybody's everybody's going to be Steven Spielberg. Everybody's going to be uh, Jim Cameron, you know, and that's that's something that I've seen a lot. You know, the it's it's the the ego, you know, the egomania where what I what I'm doing is the right way. Nobody's going to tell me anything different. And that's just a, it's something and maybe that goes back to the band days a little bit. I, I don't know, but that's just something I've always had a problem with. You know, I think. uh I, I've always appreciated good directors um, and I've always looked up to some of these, you know, superstar directors. And But I think the way you treat people is, is everything. And of course, there's a lot of te- I've seen a lot of technical errors on their part. But the one that always stands out is how they're treating everybody. You know, there's there's no collaboration there. If you if, if they're walking on set and just sort of barking orders at people and everybody collectively is kind of seeing you know, the decisions being made are, are not genius, you know, and the, and, you know, one guy in particular, I had this conversation with them, you know, where he said, if you were on, if we, if you're on James Cameron's set, you, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't be talking, you know, to me the way you are. And I said, yeah, but you are not James Cameron. There's a big difference there. You're going to, you know, you're going to pay me three figures. I will do whatever the hell you want me to do. But, you know, you're, you're a new guy. <laughs> you're not paying me at all. I'm, you know, I'm helping you. I don't even need to be here. I wrote the script. My job's done. Tre- treatment of people, and then I think just the there's a certain uh, flow to to the the filmmaking process. And when you when you start hiring in people because they're good at something, you know, you 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 pay for the the most skilled uh, you know DP director of photography in your area. You know, you're gonna really fork over a good chunk of change because this guy has made these things and he's really good. You don't want to, you know, snuff that out. You want to let that guy make his calls and and do his job. And I've seen a lot of directors, you know, hire in people because they have a reputation and they're very good. 
and then just basically direct them to do the opposite of what their, you know, what their instincts would. The micromanagement thing. So th- those are those are probably some of the big ones where you just you kind of start asking yourself, it's like, this kind of feels like self-sabotage, <laughs> you know, like, what are you what are you doing? I've had various experiences like that on set as well, where it's like just because you don't understand the technical stuff going on that the crew is doing. Don't assume they're not doing anything and don't yell at them. Right. Don't pull the who's the director here bullshit. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, and it's just, uh, you know, I get some, I get, you know, when you're working long days and long hours, like they, people get tired, people get stressed out. Um, and I think there's a, there's a certain level of, uh, you know, forgive forgiveness that goes along with that. But too many people just, I think, like the sound of their own voice and they, they like to yell at people just because they feel powerful and, I just think nothing nothing sets fire to the creative process faster than just uh pissing fire all over everybody. It's like there's just you're not you're not creating a uh a positive workspace, I guess. So you began getting into directing because of bad direction of your written word. That's what I'm sort of picking up. That that's that was definitely the biggest push. Yeah. I, I've cer- I'd certainly seen it on, on other sets where it wasn't my written work, but most of it was uh, aside from all the, you know, the the aforementioned things, I try to be very dedicated to my to my writing. You know, I feel like we we all have kind of that one thing that we really would claim to to be our thing. Um, and writing is kind of what that just that became for me. It's it's the one thing. It, no matter what I'm doing or what mood I'm in or what I'm I'm always writing because I just love it. So when you put that much energy into something, we'll just improv the next scene. We'll just improv the next scene. Right. We'll be fine. Yeah. It's uh, that's that's the the hardest part of a, a, being a writer is is being able to hand that off, you know, to to a director, being able to say, you know, this now it's theirs. Once it's in their hands, they kind of they get to guide it for better or worse. Um, and I think I just got tired of seeing for worse. I think I got tired of just, <laughs> you know what I mean? When it gets to a point where I'm I'm not giving them my best work, I'm giving them kind of my my next best because I don't want them to wreck my my best it stings it's you know it stings no matter what you're you're kind of giving that up but it's it's definitely satisfying when you see somebody who and and i've certainly had these experiences too where a director takes something that was very precious to me it was my story my characters and they they kind of they formulate differently maybe they have different casting choices or whatever and and i see the end product and i and i genuinely think it's better than what i had that's that's a really nice feeling to be like i trusted that person they took the best parts of what I had, but really added that little extra flair that I, I didn't see. And that's that's just a good director, you know, cre- make, making it their own in a way that empowers it. But I think seeing seeing enough of it go the other way is really what gave me that push of, I mean, I you know, I, I could do this. I could do this. I don't have to I don't have to yell at everybody. I can, you know. Was there one particular incident with your writing that made you go, OK, from here on out, I'm directing them? I, I would say there, there's there's a couple. I had one thing that's that's happened a lot on on the sets. And again, this is it's not all you know, it's been a handful of different directors here and there. But one kind of common theme that <laughs> I don't know if it's just my bad luck or, or whatever, if I'm plaguing the, mo- the movie set. But it seems like I find myself in, in situations where there's a lot of uh, ad libbing, like you said, or, or improv, you know, just let the actors kind of do their thing. 
And I would say to an extent, you, you have to you have to allow for that. As a writer director myself, I don't know that you do have to allow for that. <laughs> I, I don't I don't necessarily agree that you do. I think it depends on what the project is. It's right. No, I, I would agree with that. Very much de- depends on the depends on the, the project. And then I would say it depends on the talent. You know, I had and just a kind of a quick segue story. So one example I have of that, we just did. We just wrapped up a feature film called The Hand That Feeds. And it's ma- it's making a world premiere actually on Thursday, which is we're we're all really excited about that. But we have uh, we had Chris Mulkey was our our star our star power, and Chris Mulkey is that guy. I like to say that anybody who would see him recognizes him, but they would would probably have to think for a minute to remember all the things he's in because he's usually kind of a side character to whoever the whoever the lead is. But he uh, he was in Twin Peaks was in the Rambo movies. You know, he's a pretty, pretty high profile where we are, but uh, we had him and he was one of the, one of the most polite, just gentle souls you could ever meet. Um, but I, I wrote this character in for him. He's reading through it. And I just remember him coming to me and I, you know, I'm a fan. Um, so the, for that first time, there's nothing like that first time when your fandom comes out, when your celebrity uh, star power approaches you, you know, I'm kind of just like deer in the headlights, but uh, he just came up to me real quick. He's like, he's like, you know, I'm re- I'm reading your script here. It's you know, it's good, good shit. I like it. You know, right? It's to the point. It's kind of punchy. You know, I I I like it. Do you mind if I just tweak a couple of these words? And uh, inside, I want to just say whatever you want, Mister Mulkey. You know, but you you got to remember, I'm you know, you try to remember. You're in a professional setting, so I just said, well, yeah. You know, what's what are you thinking? And then he explained it to me. You know, this is kind of just. I'm feeling it this way. I kind of feel like the character would would do this, you know, but he he presented it in such a way of like, I want your blessing. You know, you created this guy first. Would you be okay with it? It just never goes that way in the in the indie world. You know, actors just kind of they just kind of do it. You know, they don't they don't consult uh, all that often. Some of them do, but a lot of them don't. They just uh, and I feel like that's the the role of the director to say, eh, let's let's you know, let's stay on script. Let's. I like what he had. Let's let's do it that way, because, you know, how you say things matters, you know, in, in the end, it's going to dictate everything. So I, I definitely had a few of those moments where uh, other people from the sets would come up to me and just say, you know, I don't I don't like what they did with that, you know, and I'm and I'll say, well, what do you mean? And they'll say that you, you're the way you, the way you write your dialogue was really good. You know, you had a really good, powerful moment here. And the way that scene played out, I, I think that's gone. I think we lost that. You know, and these are just other not directors, not the you know, I mean, just other other friends doing other odd jobs on set. Uh, and I had heard that a few times, you know, and I kind of start to started to notice and and pay more attention. And I think that kind of made me think, well, what maybe maybe I should try this because it's if it's all of my heart and emotion in the creation of the of the script, maybe I can deliver that, you know, on set. I can communicate that. It's always in my mind, it's directors have always been kind of the loud, crabby ones all the time. And I, I kind of I figured out that it doesn't have to be that way. You know, it's a very it can be a very peaceful, collaborative environment, you know, if, if that's the way you deem it. And when you're the director, you get to deem it that way. And uh, so I tried once I started trying it, I kind of got hooked, you know, hard to go hard to go backwards after that. How did you pull about the first one? You kind of start to develop your own cliques, um, you know, your your own little. Uh, you find your people. You you find your people. Yep. And, uh, you know, some of them kind of come and go, but you start to sort of develop your, you know, your crew and you have good, long lasting friendships. And it, it definitely didn't happen overnight. You know, there had been talks um, 
quite often. You know, I had a lot of these people just say, you know, you could you could do you could do it. I had a lot, I'll say I had a lot of support. I had a lot of really supportive people kind of giving me that push to try it. And I think it was just a matter of diving in, you know, I, and I just I kind of took the I, I was the opposite of I know everything. I'm we're going to do it my way. I just said, you know, I, to be fair, I probably know nothing. <laughs> you know, that was my that was my invite to these people. We could try it, but I just don't I don't know these things. Well, what kind of project was it? Was it a lot of money? Was it was this your second go around with your zombies in the woods with your friend with his his <laughs> camera? Like, what was the project? How did you go? I'm going to direct something. Yeah. What was it? Most of the things that we've done have always kind of been in the in the horror realm. But I've uh, you know, uh, at this point, I had had kind of a backlog of different stories that, like, like I said before, you know, I, I have directors I work with and I'll I'll give them some of the stories, but there's. There's always been a couple I, I'm going to keep for me. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those stories. I had a, a kind of a psychological thriller. There wasn't any demons. There wasn't any monsters. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a cabin in the woods. Um, it was it was more sophisticated and dialogue based and and and, you know, this, that and the other. So that was kind of the I, I pulled that off the shelf, kind of presented it to my, you know, my creative counterparts and it kind of just fell together a lot smoother than we would have expected it to, you know, it just, uh, it unfolded all those, uh, you know, trials and tribulations that we had seen so many times before. This just kind of didn't have that, you know, everybody communicated and everybody was allowed to express themselves. And, uh, I just, I found myself kind of at, at peace with it. Oh, cool. It didn't sound like too much of a bad thing after all. No, no, it it worked out. I would say it definitely worked. It all works out in the end, you know. You 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 try and try and try again, and eventually, uh, eventually, you kind of find your way, you know. And that's and honestly, that's kind of just been how how it's been ever since, you know. It's never it's never an easy road, you know. There's always going to be obstacles, but when you got the right people around you, you know, they they always say it takes a village, you know. That's the that's the movie biz. And have you been able to make a living doing it? That's that's the part we're still working on. We're still we're still working towards that. You know, it's uh, man, I, uh, I, I, I wish I wish I was, you know what I mean? I, I wish that's what really pulled it all in. But, you know, again, we're, we're still pretty, pretty small growing industry in uh, in Minnesota. But there's there's always a lot of momentum and and, and things happening. And, you know, like I said, we got we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll talk to you after this big premiere on Thursday. So that's uh, that'll be <laughs> that'll be kind of a big uh a, a you know a big telling moment I think for all of us. The hand that feeds. Are you the director of it? So I am not the director of that. It's been that that movie's been kind of a wild ride. So I uh, I, I wrote the script, uh, composed the music. So I did my you know my two things. But again, a lot a lot of the people on this team were some of those same people that I have directed before, including the actors. So in this case, I was I was I'll say pretty heavily involved with that. Uh, the the director of that film has been a good friend of mine for a long time, uh, and he and I have worked you know worked together on a number of different things. So I, I was lucky enough for him to kind of bring me in and kind of give me that freedom. You know, he didn't shut me out. He kind of consulted me on on a lot of the stuff, and uh, and I I had a pretty heavy uh, heavy role in the post production. So a lot of the post production team with the you know visual effects and. You know, all of that stuff are most of those people are people I brought in. So well, I was not the director, but I was effectively a producer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wore a lot of hats. Um, so I'm, I'm I would say I'm proud of it 
uh, as though I, I was the director. You know, it kind of it feels the same way as <laughs> that same uh, same vibe. So I assume it's going to various festivals. I think it'll it'll make the rounds. Um, we're going to we're going to see what happens here. So it's in uh, it's in a big city called Duluth, Duluth, Minnesota. Anybody who's been to Minnesota has probably gone through Duluth. And uh, we we filmed the movie there. They had a lot of, you know, rebates and different nice things uh, going on in Duluth. And we were lucky enough to to catch a spot on this festival, which is held in Duluth. So we kind of figured, well, that's it'd be stupid to not take advantage of that. Play it in front of the, you know, home crowd. So far, it seems like that's that's been a good choice because we have uh, we, we sold out one movie theater. And uh, they had we kind of forced them to open up another movie theater. And that one's about half capacity. So the joke I'm just telling everybody. So we're basically Marvel now. Almost no budget, half the resources, but we're, we're effectively doing Marvel now. We get we get multiple theaters. Uh, so that's been kind of a fun thing to, to gloat about. But, you know, whether or not those people are going to enjoy the movie, that 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 remains to be seen. But well, that's their problem. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we're done. We did it. We're, we're doing another one regardless. Where do you hope to go with your film career? Um, that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, I think to, to what we were, you know, to the comment or question you asked before, I think it just, there's something about making a living, just writing, uh, stories, you know, I, uh, I, I, if I, if that's all I ended up doing, I'd be, I'd be the happiest person in the world. You know, directing is, is something that I, I love. Um, and I, I certainly do have some more plans for that. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think the writing is kind of where I where I thrive. You know, we all got to do what we got to do. But I would say the the if my my parents always say, you know, if, if you're doing something you love, you're not working. Or my, my dad, you do something you love. You, you don't have to work a day in your life. Writing is that for me. But I'm uh, I'm open, man. I just you know, that's the thing about movies. I just I love making movies. I don't care if I got to, you know, hold a light or you know, write words on the page or do whatever. It's just, it's just in my DNA. Have you reached out for um, representation as a writer? Uh, I, I actually, I haven't not, not officially. So that's, I'm at a place now where I'm kind of starting to scratch the surface with that a little bit. You know, I, I have enough material that I'm, I'm kind of shopping some things out and kind of getting a feel for that. And that's just the, that's kind of the part of the, the business that nobody really tells you about. You know, you get to a, a point where you, if you want to make that splash, you got to you got to throw enough pebbles out there in the water. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm kind of actively pursuing that. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if that if that pans out for me or, you know, I'll be mopping floors or doing whatever else. Not that there's anything against mopping floors. I, I know a person who uh, that is actually his, his dream. It's his dream job. He's a pool cleaner and he loves it as his own business. He'll never do another thing. And I just said, you know, I wish I just had your charisma with every aspect of my life. You know, I tell him that if I if I had your ambition for the simplest things, I'd, I'd just be the luckiest guy in the world. Oh, man, we all have our dreams and to have them and fulfill them is great. Even even if it's just I have my own pool cleaning. It, Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Have you had the experience of a project that you put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of resources, both emotional and financial, just to have it? totally fall apart and it just be gone. Yeah, I would say, I mean, uh, honestly, I think that's a, that's a lot of projects, you know, and I think that that kind of helps. It kind of helps shape your expectations going in. You know, I've uh, I've kind of conditioned myself at the end of the day. Uh, and, a, and a lot of writers will, will say this, you know, you got to do it for yourself. 
Because if you if you think you're doing this for something more, uh, you're you're just not doing it for the right reasons. Because you're you're setting yourself up for disappointment. So I, I kind of take that with me into into everything. You know, when when I'm writing something, I try to I try to keep my my head level uh, level enough to think this this may not ever do anything. You know, but it's a story I I got inside of me and I want to get it out. The sooner I can get that out, the quicker I can get the you know work on other stories, get other things going. So there's a there's definitely been a couple, you know, where you you know everybody, everybody gets excited, the hopes are up because you think, okay, we got we got some actors, there's some momentum, but I think that's just that's the nature of the of the film industry, whether it's small scale like what we have or or Hollywood, you know, I mean, you could you get right up to the moment of you're ready to start shooting and something falls through, something just doesn't happen, you know, schedules don't align or you you find find out you don't have the the money you thought you were gonna have or you know, this, this, that, and the other. So uh, it's hard not to feel disappointed when that happens. But I think once you've, once you've been through it and uh, you kind of live that experience, I think you just kind of start to build your expectations around it and just kind of, you know, you don't, you don't set your heart to anything in stone. It's, it's not there until it's, until it's actively being worked on or complete, you know, that's <laughs> when you have something as you you could get halfway through shooting and it'll fall apart and and nobody'll see a frame of that you know so it's not it's not real until it's over yep it's just not real until it's over it's just and luckily it hasn't gone that far with me i have i've never had anything uh well i, I guess that's not entirely true i did the the worst experience i ever had was a uh, and this is every filmmaker any probably any artist their worst nightmare you get something all done and then you have uh, have a hard drive crash or fail and you lose all of it i uh i had i had that happen that's that that stung uh luckily it wasn't too i mean it wasn't too big of it was another kind of passion thing there wasn't really you know money funneled into it and the lesson there is always have a backup Uh, i will say that was uh and i you know i'll say to my own credit i've always double backed things up in that case i was not the one holding the footage but you know, had I been smart, I would have brought an extra drive to say, hey, put this on that one also. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a mistake nobody ever makes twice. <laughs> that's a that's a big one. Well, speaking of failed expectations, do you have any advice to give to people listening? Uh, you know, yeah, I would say if uh, if there's something that you that you love, if there's something that you love and you feel you feel driven towards it, I would say not. Don't only expect to fail, embrace it, you know, embrace your failure. You're, you're, you're going to fail. It doesn't matter if, uh, you know, if it's your first time or if you've done it a hundred times, you know, you're going to fall on your face. And if getting through that isn't something that makes you want to get yourself back up and try it again, then you're, then you maybe didn't really love it that much, you know? So to the, to the failure aspect, embrace it, learn from it and try again. Man, I was expecting you to go to the failure, go to the spoils. I <laughs> just, just the way you were winding it up that way. Uh, well, speaking, speaking of spoiling of, things, I say failed expectations. <laughs> plug yourself. Uh, my name is Wesley Johnson. You can find me pretty much uh, anywhere. I'm on. I'm on the Instagram. I'm on the Facebook. My uh, my production company is West Effect Entertainment. Yeah, I would say if uh, if you're trying to reach me or trying to see anything that I. Uh, that I do, I'd say most of our most of our little things find their way to YouTube, um, but through that, uh, you can also find some of the the bigger films, the feature films and stuff. So, West Effect Entertainment, get at me. 
I love to I love to make friends. I love to collaborate and uh, love to help out wherever I can. Well, I'd love to say that this was helpful. Anyway, Wes, <laughs> thank you for joining me. And I wish you success this Thursday. Thank you so much, Bruce. I appreciate it. And uh, been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Ah, uh, there he goes. Pen in one hand and a script in his heart. Now, if you have any creative ideas to pitch towards Wesley, you just drop them in the comments because I am sure there is nothing he would love more than to hear your creative input. And speaking of having a creative input, follow me on the socials and also subscribe to the channel. Next week, we shall talk to a lady whose voice didn't match her body and the effect that had on her singing career. And also, a healthy dose of sexism. You could sing the, uh, the shit out of the ingenue, but no, no, you were fat. You couldn't do that. So there, those roles never went to me. Hey.